everybody, it's Kai Rizdon with a brand new episode of the Corner Office Podcast. And for today's episode, we are going to start in a corner, but a corner stage. Picture 1960s New York, Greenwich Village, one of those cellar-style comedy clubs. A woman takes the stage. So my life completely fell apart today. Did I mention that my husband left me? Woohoo! Okay. All right, but did I mention that he left me for his secretary? <laughs> She's 21 and dumb as a Brillo pad. And, and I'm not naive. I know that men like stupid girls, right? Uh, but I thought Joel wanted more than stupid. I thought he wanted spontaneity and wit. I thought he wanted to be challenged. You know what I mean? Uh, you two are going to be together forever. Midge Maisel, played by Rachel Brosnahan, is the titular character of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon. Seasons one and two are out now. That was a scene from the first episode that you heard. And so far, it has been a smash success. A whole lot of buzz, a whole lot of awards, too. A Peabody and some Emmys for comedy directing and comedy writing. Those last two went to the show's creator, Amy Sherman Palladino, who runs the show with her husband, fellow writer, producer, and director Dan Palladino, both of whom I sat down with not too long ago. Their previous work includes Gilmore Girls, which aired originally on the WB starting in 2000. It found a new audience, though, when all seven seasons were released on Netflix. Uh, where do you guys want to sit? You, you, you get to pick. Where? Boss us around. All right. Now, though, the pair are deep, deep into production for season three of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel for a completely different streaming giant, Amazon, as I said. Thanks for making time. In, in wow, what I can see is a, is a banana scale. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't look at that. Don't look at that. It'll, it'll make you cry. It'll make everybody just cry. They actually shoot this show that's based in New York, in New York, including at Steiner Studios in Brooklyn, where they have their production offices, and that is where we met up. Well, we're sitting in our, um, our producer's office because I don't know why we didn't, we didn't want to let them into the inner sanctum of our offices? Is that, it's, my office is a, Top secret stuff a pigsty. Uh, we're, we're at our offices at Steiner uh, Studios, where we're shooting The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, season three, a.k.a. the next 10 years that will be taken off my life. But that's... Uh, so, so how's it going? Just, I mean, you have this thing, and it's a phenomenon. <laughs> well, it's, it's going fine. We're in the thick of it. It's like you're one step ahead of an avalanche. Yeah, and you're basically. just running as fast as you can until October, late October. Yeah. So well, um, Not for nothing, but on that calendar there, post-week nine goes to November. So I hate to tell you this, but you've got more work to do than we're, you think you do. We're ignoring that. We're ignoring the whole post thing. But uh, yeah. No, November, we're, we're, November, we get to pass out for like a, a, a day and a half. How did this show come to be? <laughs> Have you been carrying this woman around in your brain for years and years? You know, well, uh, my father was a stand-up, and um, it was a world that was always uh, talked about in my house, the, the world of uh, Catskills and Greenwich Village, and my dad was from the Bronx, so he, he, his whole comedy career started in New York, and, and I always thought that would be a, a sort of a delightful entertaining place to live for a while to place a show um i just thought that the story would be more interesting with a chick i just thought it would be a more interesting battle um with a woman so my father was turned into rachel brosnahan yeah um (laughs) is your dad still around how does he feel about that i I would i i hope he would take it in the spirit that it's intended which is an homage with a tinier waist and more skirts um (laughs) 
but uh, it just felt like a a fun world to a colorful world. You know, we wanted to do something with scope. We wanted to do something. You know, Gilmore was wonderful. Del- Gilmore delicious. Girls, we should say. Yeah. Gilmore the, Girls, the prior creation, yeah, um, was a wonderful, delicious, creative experience. But we were in uh, the back lot in Burbank, and we basically walked two girls in a circle for six years, and we wanted <laughs> something a bigger palette. And so, well, so, so to that point, Dan, this is ambitious. This is unbelievably ambitious. Um, yes. Or, or mentally unbalanced. Well, is it? Is it? Is it? Because you you're you're setting an era. This show has a has a visual style that is unbelievable. We're going to talk to to Donna, the costume uh, designer, in, in a bit. Um, all of it's intentional. All of it clearly is of a vision from you two. Um, how closely do you have to guard that vision? I mean. Well, we the the trick to having a vision like that is having people who have the skills and to know how to bring about that vision and we, have the same vision. We we, we yeah. have we yeah. have the luxury of being able to 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 basically describe scenes, describe the setting, the to the best to the best that we can from the vision in our heads, and these people then start this massive massive research project that just. In, in the, that just include pictures and life magazine photos and 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 all these things so so for the cat skills we had dozens and dozens and maybe thousands of photos that we reference for authentic wardrobe yeah. authentic settings um and it's it it this really does take a nation we've never done anything this big or ambitious right. and it just takes a whole giant village. And it's important Do, you don't have anybody around that has like you never hear the words here like eh close enough. Eh good wow. enough. Which is which eh, is it's just which which you would hear a lot on other shows and you'd and, and then you'd panic and you'd be like ah it's not not close enough. No, not good. You know, nobody here does that. Everybody here is like you know, to the to the T, like they they take their jobs very seriously, and you can't ever say like, well, I mean, is anyone really going to see that? Because like, someone will kill you. They will just throw something at you. Because like everybody here, it's very important to them that the costumes are perfect, that yeah. the sets are perfect, that the props are perfect, that the everything is perfect. And when you work with people like that, then the bar just always stays very high. The the final product that we see when we sit down or we pull up whatever screen we're watching on um so you have the vision and you, you farm it out as it were and you trust your people because you've hired them and they're good but then does it come back and everything we see on the screen goes through y'all's hands yeah. well yeah because we direct- <laughs> yeah, that's really funny yes dan's like well yes and yeah david's like yeah yeah stop yeah. we yeah. we direct most of the episodes so we stop. we we have the luxury of as writer directors we write Sometimes to our directing, so we have an idea of. Well, we have an idea like a lot. If most of TV uh, writers write and the directors come in and direct, and that's a system that works great. We did that on Gilmore Girls, and we do have a few outside directors on this because we we've realized we can't Can't, do it it all. all. But um, basically, we're able to uh, to to fashion scenes on the page in a way that. Writers wouldn't unless they were also directing. So we give so we give a lot of indication of shots and and how these things would be, and they can rely on that to plan everything for each for yeah. each scene. Then so it's it's different because we're we're hybrids and and it's 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 really really a different thing. And the two the writing and the directing for us really go really go hand in hand. 
it always starts with the story, but then we're always fashioning shots with story and scenes with shots. But it also, you know, there's 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 different um, pieces to making a show. There's the writing, then the then you bring in the actors and the director, and then you have the editing. You have the post. So it, it's there's there's three chances to save it or screw it up. And and uh, because we are involved with every aspect of that, including every, you know, the, all the entire editing process goes through our hands. We, it, it, you know, even if another director did direct it, we take the final pass at it. Right. We pick all the music. We, um, it, it really is, because uh, cause we feel a big respons- responsibility. Sure. You know, we, the, Amazon has opened a, a checkbook and, uh, <laughs> and it's, t- to this day, has not bounced. And uh, we, feel very responsible to deliver on on what we have promised a word here about amazon uh could this show minus i guess the swearing right which is actually elemental to a lot of the characters could this show have been on a on a regular network no not in a million years not in not first of all they wouldn't have bought it midge is just not a character they would have had any interest in they would have liked rachel dressed up in a cute outfit walking around making brisket and it would have stopped there they i don't think this journey is something it's an unconventional journey it's uh say more about that because there are people who haven't necessarily watched it who hopefully will after this but but explain that journey a little bit well you know she she's a woman who was very very happy in her life 1959 Uh, 1959 housewife uh jewish um upper middle class um very Jewish, um, yeah. and uh, her life was great. And she thought, "I, I have it all. I'm married. I got the two kids. I got the, I got the classic six. I'm, 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 hmm. I'm still in the same building where I grew up. I'm very close to my parents. They're on the twelfth floor. I'm on the ninth floor. It's perfect. I'm the, I'm the queen of my six blocks. Right. And her perfect life is shattered when her husband, uh, well, he, 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 he leaves her. Um, theoretically for another woman, but he what he really leaves her for is is sort of a f- he he fancied himself a, a nighttime comic. Mm-hmm. He had a day job and then wanted to be a comic. And when he failed and figured out he that was not something he could do, he couldn't be with the person who saw him fail. She would never look at him the same way again. And so when her when he left her and her life fell apart, she. Found out that actually the person in the relationship who had the comedic gene was right. her, and she sets out on a journey to become a stand-up comic in 1959, um, partnered by a very different kind of woman, uh, yeah. played by Alex Borstein, right. Susie Meyerson, and it is as much a female buddy comedy and female. Yeah. How do we forge? a life where there is no path. I'm just, we're just going to have to make it up ourselves together. And one woman is very feminine and very, uh, she, she, she enjoys being feminine and she enjoys her children and, and the, the concept of being a wife and a mother. And the other woman has literally never found her place in society ever because people are just a nightmare to her. What's so interesting about this Miss Mays character, and then we'll get off the character analysis, is that she's so conflicted. She's so conflicted, even as she's having success in stand up. Yes. And, and her life is, her domestic life is, is crumbling, right? Or, yeah. or at least deeply troubled. She's still so conflicted about it. Her, and she will be here the rest of her life. The rest of her life. No spoilers. Th- I haven't finished will, season two yet. There, there will be a, a, a 
always a pull in in Midge between the comfort and the safety of the life that she knew and the life that she wanted. She genuinely wanted. You know, I, I what I really wanted for this character is I did not want her to be one of those 1950s housewives who pours her sherry at four o'clock and stares out a window and thinks there's got to be something better out there. I wanted a woman who really thought I have it all. This is the life I wanted. I am winning in, in the world. Nobody is happier than I am. And through a, a fluke of circumstance and, and that the rug being pulled out from under her, she discovers something she never would have discovered, did not even know that there was a burning ambition in her, didn't know about ambition. And, and so it's as much a, a, a show about a woman discovering her own ambition and what does that mean? Right. Because to be a comic... To be a great comic, there's a cutthroat, brutal aspect that has to be in your personality or you are not going to make it as a comic. Comics are not teddy bears. They, they, They are people who are willing to talk about anything, talk about personal things, talk about their family at the risk of alienating their family, mm-hmm. talk about the, their failures and other people's failures and, and throw it up there for the world to look at and judge. And to be able to do that, it takes a very steely spine, a lot of ambition and a bit of a cutthroat aspect to your personality. And, and some narcissism. The first time... Some the, narcissism. The, yeah. The, <laughs> the, the, the first stand-up you see Midge do in this series, she's doing it at her own wedding. That's what the toast was about. She oh is standing at a mic. Oh, my God. I she just realized that that's what that was. entertaining a crowd. She has a big blowout gag at the end of it. And that was our wow. way of showing that this woman had that natural inclination right. but never thought to pursue it professionally. Right. Um, so you have a meeting with Amazon, and you give them what I'm assuming is a truncated version of that discourse you just gave me about Midge. A- a- Amy doesn't do truncation. No, very okay, well. <laughs> all right. So you gave them the sh- you gave them the spiel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just it- I talk till till their eyelids sort of start to flutter, and I feel like I've almost killed them, and then and- they'll just do anything to get you out of their office. They and will, so, and so they bought the series. Exa- anything to get you out of their office. <laughs> we'll buy it. Well, what do you? What else? Will it's a it form take? of hostage taking. Yes, yeah. it's very. It's a little vicious. Huh. Um, as you sit down and you try to chart things out, season three and, and four and whatever, um, is this a thing, and um, I'm sure you thought of this actually, is this a thing where you're like, okay, we're going to go five seasons with this and we'll be good? Or are you going to keep going until Midge is, you know, 40 and... and- well, um, Midge will never be 40. What are you talking 40. about? Um, no, uh, uh, it, you know... It, it, with Gilmore, Gilmore Girls, I knew how many seasons I wanted it to go, and I knew exactly what I wanted mm-hmm. the end to be down to the last four words. For, for this, it's not so much because it's, it's a different world uh, when, you, when you, the streaming world, this crazy, yeah. weird world of, of Amazon and pushing buttons and who knows what that means and who's listening to you at your home, Siri or Alexa or one of those broads are talking to each other. But... Um, it's it's not so much about the length of seasons or the amount of episodes. It's about the emotional journey. And emotionally, we know where we want her to end. We know where we want to stop telling the story, what we want to leave the audience with. We just aren't quite settled on how many seasons or how many episodes it's going to take to get there. Who's going to decide, you or Amazon? Us. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, we're, we're we, we have an idea of the shape, and I you know they want more than three seasons, and probably less than ten, and that's that's and, and you know the, I I don't think you know the, the, actually the great thing about streaming services are is that they they don't want to milk a story beyond its its expiration date. Mm-hmm. In network TV, one of the frustrations is that they will milk something uh, forever. I mean, quite frankly, Bonanza fell apart after the 14th season for me. <laughs> I don't know. And, and it went she's like, a fan of the 15th I'm, season. I'm a, I'm a oh big Bonanza 15er. But but they don't want something to 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 go past its expiration date. It's just it's just not what they want for their shows. And and you see that Netflix will have shows on for two years and three years and claim. I don't know how, how how real this is, but claim that like that's good for them and that's all they need. Yeah. So it's not it's yeah, not the old network model. I don't believe that. Yeah, I'm sure they want things to go. Yeah, they want things to go longer, but there's not this pressure of you have to you have to keep humping these shows uh, until until uh, you know the people just stop watching. Mm-hmm. It's it's best. I mean, look at Game of Thrones is going to go out on top. A, a hit smash after two years breaking of being back away. to the same thing. <laughs> yeah. These are great models for TV shows. We think that they just that they just go up to the point where people still want a little more. Is, is the bar now for y'all in, in television content production? And I'm sorry to phrase it that way, but is Game of Thrones now the bar? Is that what you're, you guys are trying to do? Not for us. I no. mean, not for know. us. Although, although we were, we had been saying like off of Gilmore Girls and the off of a, a lot of stuff, a lot of things we did where money was just an issue, issue, issue. We always said, wouldn't it be great to do something like Game of Thrones? We never figured we were going to do sci-fi or something with well, dragons. Yeah, we were just talking about the, the we were talking the about budget. production value. So, <laughs> well, so you've created was, a world yeah. and it's really designed well and all of that, right? Yeah. And it's very expensive. It's very expensive to do a period show, and that's yeah. just the problem. The way we wanted to do it, sure. and and you know, there there's always those things where you f- initially sell a show, and it was this, exactly the same way with this one, where they you have that that little dance at the beginning where where the company tries to talk you into shooting it in L.A. and doing a a week of exteriors in New York, and 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 we were kind of like, we're not going to fall for that one. It's well, sort of like it, yeah, this show is about to, being outside. It's about it's about a woman whose world was this big, and suddenly her world explodes, and the, and and it keeps growing and growing and growing. If you can't take her out into the world and watch her world get bigger, then the story inherently will not but, work. But do you get to do that because you're the Paladinos? No, we get to do that because Amazon's paying the bills. I mean, we were the Paladinos on Gilmore Girls and nobody would let us off the lot in Burbank. You know, <laughs> hmm. we, couldn't, we, couldn't, we couldn't go to like, you know, North Hollywood to, to shoot something. We, we couldn't go down the street. We were literally locked into I mean, you have a, no idea also from the back lot how many times you see Forest Lawn Mortuary off of, right outside yeah. of yeah. Us, the yeah. town of Stars Hollow. Yeah, which yeah. I thought was very appropriate yeah. for us. That's we were stare, staring at our impending death. Oh my God. Uh, um, I have to go back and rewatch that. Um, what's, what's your favorite thing about this show? Oh boy, I it's so hard. There's so many things to like about this show. I I really really enjoy working with these actors. Yeah. I have to say these actors are quite special. And 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 the the process of rehearsing and and blocking and which sounds like that might be the most tedious part yeah. of it is actually really fun and really gratifying and it's something we never had time to do on Gilmore Girls. You know, time to rehearse. You're mm-hmm. crazy. You're lucky you got your work done by the end of the day. So 
it, it's it's I I really enjoy that, and I really enjoy um, going like you know, wouldn't it be cool if they could go to Paris and, and then mm-hmm. suddenly you find yourself in Paris, you right. know, or, or wouldn't it be great to bring back the cat skills and then you can bring back the cat skills. It's like, it's delving into, we have such a love of New York. I was born in, in uh, California and I've, and I am not an LA gal. I, LA and I, this is my dance space. That's its dance you space. Broke up before you met. We, yeah, we were not, it was a cruel twist of cosmic fate that I was living there at all. So New York to me is such a, a, a magic place. It was a magic place to me when I was growing up and hearing stories about it from my father. Hmm. And, uh, and now that it's here, like there's not a day that goes by that like, and when we have to leave, even for like a couple of days, there's like great sadness that descends on me hmm. to have to leave New York. Like what yeah, if you it's, always feel like you're going to miss something. Yeah. It's, wow. it's, it's the greatest place in the world. So to be able to delve into old New York and bring back things that don't exist anymore, things that I heard about and, that are sort of this wonderful lore of this sort of incredible and the, place. And the look too, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's really it's just fun. It's just it's fun on every level, you know. It's really really, um, and when you pull off something hard, it's 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 much more satisfying <laughs> to be able to pull it off here. So, what what happens when one of you wants to do something or doesn't want to do something, and then the other one does? Well, I want to retire. And he <laughs> literally, like, every day I'm like, and can I retire now? And he has said no. We, we get a version of this question a lot. And I think the key is, like, because, you know, we sit in the writer's room together with other writers and we hash out beat by beat by beat all these stories. There's a lot of things that we debate. There's a lot of things we disagree on. So I think the the, the rule of thumb for us, and we've never discussed it, it's just always been the rule, is that, the the generally if, if either it's the person who feels the strongest about something gets his or her way, um, and when that happens, the other person gets on board with that. The the the, the, the yeah. The, there's never there's no I told you'll, you so. You'll, yeah, it's, you'll it's, trip up if you say like, I told you so. Once you're, oh, yeah, no. once the you're idea, on the train, that's it. Yeah, you the idea the becomes work. both you of your ideas. So that's that's the key. So does the other one, the one who had to give up, did did, did they get like a chit for next time? No, it starts afresh. Every huh. beat, every thought. Because the agenda, the, the, the reason that our, our partnership, weirdly, it's not, I don't even know what this thing is. Like, it's not even a partnership. It's just this weird, I don't know how we got here, but um, it, this huh. mind meld happens is because we actually are, are, our things are pure. Our hearts are pure. All we want is what's right for the show. Like there's no agenda. And, and what's lovely about working with, your spouse is their agenda is going to be for the for the best thing for you, and yeah. not for the, the, we you know we, we don't take into account like oh, what is the you know we're not on social media so like we don't know what the fans think. Right. They could be saying terrible things about us right now. We won't know. I like ignorance. I like it that way. We live in 1959. There are no yeah. cell phones. There is no Snapchat. <laughs> I can live in that world for a while. Eisenhower's president. I'm good with that. Kennedy's coming up. But um, it, it really is about, like, if somebody is, is fighting that hard for something, it's, it's only for the good of 
something that they see, you know, right. like, like that Midge, you know, if I, I feel strong, like Midge would not do something because it's just what she would, she just wouldn't do. She wouldn't do, you know, at some point you have to see the value and the passion that is coming from somebody else and know that there's nothing else behind it except we want the show to be great and we want, you know, to hand these actors material that is worthy of them. Um, which is a great pressure <laughs> because they're really good. You know, you never want them to look at a script and go, really? Okay, uh-huh. hey, another week would have been a little... Anyhow, um, it's really just a very much... And especially, like, if he's directing and he really wants something to work, I want to make sure that it works for him. Right. I want to make sure that it, it's... In, in, and that's what we can do. There's strength in numbers, so that's what we can do with each other. So we have our our cage fight in the writer's room. And then right. once you come out of the writer's room, everything's united. So as we, as we sit here, you guys are mid-ish production season three, mm-hmm. right? Early, I guess. Towards the beginning. Do you see the tears? The tears. Uh, no, but I'm sure it'll come and, and yeah. the, there will be blood on the wall yes. at some point, right? <laughs> um, uh, what are Emmys? Yay. Golden Globes? Yay. Look, you're shrugging. This is funny. What are your markers for success is the question. The work, the show, you know, the, 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 the awards are, are nice, shiny toys, and it's, it's fun to get dressed up and wear Spanx so you can't breathe for an evening. And, and, and that's me, not her. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's a very, sur- like, awards are very surreal and strange, and you go home afterwards, you're like, did that really, like, did I really, was I in the bathroom and Angelina Jolie came out? And it's like, yes, that's true. So uh, That was me, too, actually. Yeah. Um, but it's really about, it's, it's honestly, I don't, we don't put, we've never put any stock in awards because we've, it's just not, it's, it's not how you, it's really not how you value things. You know, we are very, very lucky because we have a wonderful group of people here. We are very close to these actors in almost possibly not a very, uh, it might, we, we all may need some group therapy after this because we're a little too tied to each other. But I imagine it becomes tribal. We're very, very um, tied to this group and to these actors and to the work and to the, the, the sort of jonesing to like take Midge to that next thing, whatever that mm-hmm. next thing is. And, and that is how you judge it. I, that's how you judge your success. I think you judge your success by are you doing work that you enjoy? Are you working with people who make you better um who keep your bar high because their bars are high and you know at the end of the day are you putting something out there that you feel like it almost killed me but it didn't kill me so that's a big win after after season one came out we were on a plane about a week or two after it came out and i sort of took a walk down to the back and i was kind of walking around and I spotted someone watching Maisel on a computer. Oh, was that that like? was the most, that, that to cool. me yeah. is exciting. Like yeah. that is like, I, I went back to her and I was like, hey, he's watching Maisel back there. Now he wasn't laughing, but I did. Well, it's I, not always I, funny. I, I, I know I did go back uh, again and he was watching the next episode. So that's, I think that's the, that was really fun. That's just fun. It's like did. hearing your song on the radio. If you wrote the song, it's like, there's certain there's certain things like that that connecting with people is really great. We had a huge connection with people on Gilmore Girls, a very yeah. emotional connection. Yeah. But but on Gilmore Girls, the connection came many years later. Yeah. I mean, Gilmore Girls was very small when it was on, yeah. and then it literally was when uh, Netflix picked it up that suddenly yeah. it became a whole other thing. You know, we were like grandma and grandpa walking down the street, and like eighteen year olds are like, "Oh my god, Gilmore Girls, my favorite show," and I'm like, "Um, impossible." 
you were yeah. a fetus. I don't even understand my, how my twelve year old. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a thing, and I and that's uh, the thing about Maisel that's so different and kind of cool is it's happening while we're still doing Maisel. Like oh, we're not. Yeah. It's it's not ten years from now when we're yeah. bitter and angry and drunk and stumbling around that someone's like, hey, I love your show. It's like, it's like now. Not that we're not bitter and angry and drunk now. We, we are, but um, it's nice that they're watching it now while we're still alive. Amy Sherman Palladino, Dan Palladino. <laughs> we're going to end on that one. Thanks you two so much. I really appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you. Right. This is very lovely. This is great. All right, that's it for my conversation with Amy Sherman Palladino and Dan Palladino. If you want more Mrs. Maisel, and I recommend it highly, we've got some of that for you at our website, marketplace.org. An interview with the show's costume designer about how she brings Amy and Dan's vision to life through some of those amazing period costumes you see. If you like this episode, do let us know. Would you write a review for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you do get your podcasts? Subscribe, too, if you haven't, wherever you listen. The Corner Office Podcast is produced by Bridget Bonder. Marketplace on the radio is produced by Nancy Fargali. Sitar Nieves is the executive director of On Demand. Deborah Clark is the senior vice president and general manager I'm Kyle Rizdal. Another episode for you in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.